Now this morning, because it's Mother's Day, I'm going to preach about fathers. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, you know, just make it simple. I'm going to preach about mothers today, okay? I've just simply entitled the message today, Mamma Mia. Now, those of you who like the musical, this is not about the musical, okay? Actually, I have a short subtitle, so to speak. A chart of a mother's love. Right? Now, let me ask you. Mothers, children, grandmothers, has someone ever okay, told you this? You know in our time? Yes? You know in our time, this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we used to do, blah, 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 blah. Right? And then another scenario, you know in our time? Right? And then that, that thing just keeps on being passed on from generation to generation. Because the current generation keeps on thinking about what it used to be. And then that generation, what it used to be. Right? So, in the past, you would have mothers who would usually be what? Stay-at-home moms. They would take care of the kids, they take care of the husband, cook, etc., etc. Right? Now, in the present day, what do we have? Let me show you. The pressures on mothers today are greater than ever. Agree? Yes. It's got to be the toughest job in the world. Mothers, yes? yes. All right. Just think of what's expected in her, our own success-driven society. Have a successful career. Keep the house spotless. Do you agree? Mothers? Raise perfect children. Be a great cook. Be, charm, be a charming hostess and conversationalist. And to add of all of the above, <laughs> you have to do all of this and still look like a model. Yesterday we had models, but it was the fathers. Okay? How about this one? She cooked the breakfast first of all, washed the cups and plates, dressed the children and made sure stockings were all mates, combed their hair, made their beds, sent them out to play, gathered up their motley toys and put some books away, dusted chairs and mopped the stairs, ironed an hour or two, Baked a jar of cookies and a pie, then made a pot of stew. The telephone rang constantly, the doorbell did the same. A, young, a youngster fell and stubbed his toe, and then the laundry came. She picked up blocks and mended socks, then she poised up, polished up the stove. And when her husband came at six, he said, I envy you. It must be nice to sit at home without a thing to do <laughs> mothers do you agree yes. this side wins the cake <laughs> you know I, 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 I told my wife at least once never 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 say that you are just a housewife Never say you are just a housewife. 
There was a survey, a study by an attorney, Michael Minton, on the monetary value of a wife's service in the home. First, he listed the various functions she performs. Chauffeur, gardener, family counselor, maintenance worker, cleaning woman, housekeeper, cook, errand runner, bookkeeper, interior decorator, caterer, dietitian, secretary, hostess. Using this impressive list of housewives' work in today's labor market, he came up with $985 a week or a whopping $51,220 a year. Husbands, you better praise God that you don't pay your wives. Children, you better appreciate your moms all the more. Look at this guy. He's trying to quantify everything that our mothers do for us. I remember my mom. Maybe your mom is like this. Mom, can I ask money? Ah! Hingi ka na naman na pera! Magano ito! You have like that, mother? <laughs> Man, mothers, you know, they hold down the fort. Amen? I don't know about the hold down the fort. Sometimes they hold the money too, but you know. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, everyone. So, you know, I'd like us to look at one particular mother. And I'd like us to stand and just read a couple of verses. Why don't you join me in standing to read from Luke uh, chapter 1. Song of Mary called the Magnificat. And Mary said, this all read. And Mary said, For behold, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. And His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear Him. He has done mighty deeds in His arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, His servant, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. God Almighty, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that we have the freedom to teach, preach your word in this country, Lord God. God, as we dive into the word that you want us to learn this morning, fill us, O oh Lord God, with your Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom and understanding. And use your humble servant, Lord, to deliver your word with power and without apology. God, we want to lift up to your brother Aaron. Continue to bless him, Lord. Continue to do a work in his life. Allow him to continue to worship you in spite of what he's going through. We pray that you continue to bless our brother Danny and our pastor Jim, Lord God, as they're back there in the Philippines and all over the world doing the work that you've given us. And bless our time together, Lord God. May we experience the reality of your presence in our midst. As we give you the glory this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Mamma Mia. A chart 
of a mother's love. Begins with the letter C. A mother is concerned. Do you like to have a mother that's concerned about your well-being? Some of us think that mothers are intrusive when they ask, where have you been? What have you been doing? Who were you with? Sometimes they're misunderstood as being intrusive rather than they're concerned. Now, we're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. All right? She was concerned. Now, at the age of 12, Jesus was brought to the temple where he was presented. And because of the many, many number of people who were there, they went back thinking that Jesus was with them. But after three days, they noticed that Jesus wasn't there. So they went back to look for him. And finally, they found him. And Mary said this, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. They're talking about Jesus. At age 12, he's sitting with the teachers, and he's exchanging with them. And the elders are amazed at his wisdom. And here is this concerned Mother Mary looking for her son for the past three days. And they find him in the temple. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? She was concerned. Mary was concerned for her child. Where is Jesus? Some of you, maybe you have more than one child. And some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. So one, two, three. Oh, we're missing one. That's okay. I have five more. <laughs> A mother is concerned. Where is my child? Where is my son? And when they encounter him, it's a good thing that it's the mom. Could it be that if, we're jo if it were Joseph? Hi! We have been looking for you for three days! But the mother, look at her. What did she say? We have been anxiously looking for you. Have you lost someone in the mall? What do you do? And then what happens? I buy you cell phone. You don't even bother to answer. <laughs> and all of these things are coming into your mind. Right? And then all of this vain imagination. Maybe she's out looking for her boyfriend in a rendezvous. Maybe he's there looking for a girlfriend. You know, all of this crazy stuff going on. Mary, after three days of searching, 
finds Jesus in the temple, going about his father's business. Where have you, why have you done this to us? We have been anxiously looking for you. And what was the reply of Jesus? He said, why is it that you're looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? We read her song, the Magnificat. Mary knew that the boy whom she was carrying, whom he fi she finally gave birth to, is Jesus. For she conceived of the Holy Spirit. She knew by her song that this child of hers was going to do a great and mighty thing. This Jesus, whom she lost for three days, was going about the mission that God the Father has given to him. Not only was she concerned, she was a humble mother. She was a humble mother. It was not yet time for Jesus to begin his public ministry. But there was a wedding. And weddings during their time were not like, you know, you have a 30 to 45 minute ceremony, and then you have a one and a half hour reception, and everyone goes home. No, not in their time. It could last for weeks. And during the celebration, guess what? They ran out of wine. So what does Mary do? I'm sorry. She's humble. They're here. When she was called, Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in what? In God. Whose Savior? Your Savior? Her Savior too? This is her song. She says, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he, God, has regarded for the humble state of his bond slave. Bond slave is a servant by choice. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Why did she rejoice? In whom did she rejoice? God. God who? As she describes? My Savior. Her Savior. She was humble enough to declare that I'm just a bond slave of the Lord. Now we're studying the book of Genesis, right? Do you recall when Joseph had a dream? How did he share his dream? Was he so humble about sharing about the sheep bowing down to his sheep? And the stars and the moon and the sun were bowing down to him? Was he humble when he received this revelation from God? I submit to you, he wasn't. He was proud. And the manner by which he conveyed this dream, this revelation, became a stench to his brothers. They would not even be able to have a civil conversation with each other. Because aside from the many things, he always gave a negative report, an evil report, a false report about his brothers to their father. But here you have this mother going to be used by God to give birth 
to the Messiah. And her response is a humble response. She says, I rejoice in God my Savior. You see, the Bible is very clear. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When she said, I rejoice in God my Savior, did she not confess that she herself, even if she was the vessel through which God was going to bring the Messiah into this human world, was she not also in need of salvation? That she would declare, my soul exalts, I rejoice in God my Savior. I'm just a servant. I'm just a vessel. I am just someone whom God is going to use. And Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is no one righteous. Not even one. I don't know about you, what Bible you use, what lexicon, what Hebrew, what Greek you use. I think the definition for all is the same. When the Bible says all, it means all. And Mary was humble enough to confess, I rejoice in God, my Savior. Mary had need for salvation too. Because she is a, hum a human being just like you and I. And that word blessed simply means happy. That word blessed simply means you're favored. Does God want to bless you? Yes. So are you favored? Yes. The problem with having sin is this. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How could this verse come to pass? Jesus had to be born. Yes? Because the Messiah had to be born so that the Messiah could die so that in his death your sin and mine are paid for. And in his resurrection, we too have eternal life. And God chose Mary, whose name, by the way, means Mara, which really means bitter, which if you really look at it, who is she that God would choose her? But God chose to use her. And her response to this is a response of humility. I rejoice in God, my Savior. Concerned? Humble? What's next? Okay, you did not pass grade one. Chart A. Available. How many of you want your mothers to be available for you? You have a mother, but she's always not available. Absentee mother or absentee father. You want your parents, you want your mother to be available, right? When I was, I'm not going to say growing up because I never grew up, okay? When I was growing older, okay, my dad was in the top of his career. So he was busy. He was always going abroad. 
he was in government in the Philippines. And guess who I would get stuck with? My mom. When I had to be operated on, on my knee, they thought I had cancer. Who was with me at the operating table and in the hospital? My mom. When I had this or that surgery, who was with me? My mom. When I, you know, when I also had a bad report at school, guess what? Who was with me? My mom. Those times I didn't really want her to be available, okay? But then, you know, have to be available, right? Because usually, who do you call? Ghostbusters, yes, okay. <laughs> all right. You see, even, even the new movie, all the Ghostbusters are all girls now, you see? All right? You usually call the mom, right? Because the mother is the more nurturing one. The mother is the more caring one. Let's face it, right? The father is <coughs> the fixer-upper. The mom is, hi, what happened, okay? But they have to be available too. So was Mary available? When she was called, this is what the Bible says. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be possible with God. And Mary said, can we read that? Behold. And the angel departed from her. This is part of when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and told her the plan of God. Say, so God has chosen you, and you're going to conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she how could this be? She was wondering, how could this be? And when the angel told her, this is one of the evidences that I'm going to show you that even if you're a virgin, you have no boyfriend, you're going to conceive. Your cousin Elizabeth, who has also been barren for many years, has also conceived. John the Baptist. And when the angel of the Lord shared this with Mary, what was her response? God, I volunteer. I volunteer somebody else. You see, many times when God wants to use us, what is our knee-jerk reaction? Why me? Why not send somebody else? I'm not worthy, I'm this, I'm that. We give all kinds of excuses. But when Mary was called by the Lord through this angel, what did she say? Behold the bond slave. The bond slave of the Lord. May it be to may it be done to me according to your word. She made herself available to be used by God. Are you available to be used by God? Mothers, you spend more time with your kids if you're a stay-at-home mom. You have the privilege and opportunity to mold your children because dad is often out working in your home with the kids be available to them you work from home use that time to shape to mold to nurture to disciple to teach to discipline your children 
make yourselves available so that when something happens whether positive or negative you're there and they don't run to their friends they don't run to their company their barcada who may give them wrong counsel and advice why because you're not available I've always had in my mind that I would like for my kids and I to be like friends so that the person that they would come to when they want counsel when they have a problem would be me and or my wife so when they come home and say dad later after we eat can we talk is it important for me it is okay let's talk no 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 let's talk now make yourselves available behold the bond slave of the lord be it done to me according to your word letter r she was a reflective mother now no she didn't go around and you know like wearing reflective clothes and stuff not like that she was reflective she would meditate she would ponder she would treasure these truths in her heart when she finally gave birth oh sorry before she gave birth and coming in he said to her greetings favored one the angel said the lord is with you but she was very what perplexed at this statement and kept what pondering what kind of salutation this was the angel said to her do not be afraid mary for you have found favor with god how did she respond to this salutation if you're called blessed if you're called favored one right you, you you have a strut in your step but not with mary she was per perplexed what is this why are you calling me of all people the favored one why because she found favor with whom with god not of herself she was favored by god and in luke chapter 2 when she finally gave birth but they did not understand the statements which he had made to them talking about the statement of the angels to the shepherds and he went down with them and came to nazareth and continued in subjection to them his mother what treasured all of these things in her heart she was very reflective she was very meditative unlike again joseph the moment he got this revelation he started blurting it out of his his, his siblings and as a result they wanted to kill him they wanted to kill him so it came about when they had seen this they may know the statement which had been told to them about this child and all who heard it wondered at these things that were told by the shepherds but mary treasured all of these things pondering them in her heart the shepherds meanwhile went back glorifying and praising god for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told to them she ate this up she absorbed this you know she she thought about that she processed all of these things but she never was proud 
to declare, I am blessed. I am chosen of God to bring forth Messiah. So you better treat me special. No, I am the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. You know, when God gives you a revelation, sometimes the best thing is for you to just suck it in, absorb it, and process it, and praise God. Brother Danny, he doesn't like to be put in this or that situation. But when you were asked to be the group leader, whoi, the group leader, I was promoted. We just do the work. We just quietly do what God has asked us to do. And in the process, God just keeps on getting the glory. Teachable. Was Mary teachable? I submit to you, she was. At the wedding, they ran out of wine. When, they ran, the, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus, who is that? Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to him, they have no wine. Now, it's not yet time for Jesus to begin his public ministry. Okay? What did Jesus say? And he said to her, woman, what, what do you have to do with us? How did, she, how did Jesus call Mary? Mothers. If your children will call you woman, woman, where is my breakfast? <laughs> or your husband will call you, hey woman, my steak is burnt. How would you react? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Mary, noticing that there's no more wine. Jesus might be able to do something about this. Hey, son, they run out of wine. Woman! How would you react? Woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come, Jesus said. And his mother said to, his, to the sermons, whatever he says, do it. Teachable. This has nothing to do with us. Jesus said. Right? And what did Mary say? Okay, whatever he says, you just do it. If you're that mother, woman, your son, your daughter will call you, woman, where's my breakfast? Where are my clothes? Etc. Whatever. What will you do? Halikana! And then you will recount all the things that you've been doing. Yes or no? Don't you know that when I went into labor for 14 hours with you, I was in the jeepney and your father was not there. And then this, and then I washed this. I... Right? Sometimes you're just asking permission to go out. That is the response already. <laughs> but Mary was teachable. She was teachable. When Jesus rebuked her, what does this have to do with us? My time has not yet come. But what did she say? Do whatever he tells you to do. And the story is, 
while they were going to the vats, the water turned into wine. Now, do not go home and tell your mom to go to the vat and expect that the, you know, the water in the refrigerator will turn to wine, okay? Mary was teachable. It's very easy for her, one who is used by God in such a way, to be proud, to be arrogant. And to say, who are you? I'm your mom. Why do you speak to me that way? Yes? Very easy. And finally, because a chart of a mother's love. Lastly, she was loved. She knew that the child that she was going to bring into this world was going to die. That was the purpose of Jesus, to die to save the world. So it's very easy to detach yourself. But she loved Jesus, and Jesus loved her back. At the cross, in John 19, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Now picture, Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he's looking to Mary. Mary was with John the Beloved. And he was speaking to Mary, and again, he calls her, Woman, behold your son. Jesus is about to die. And Jesus is telling Mary, from now on, your son will be John the Beloved. John the Beloved, from now on, because I'm going to die, he is going to take care of you. And it further says, then he said to the disciple, Jesus was now talking to John. He said to John, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his, his own household. Last week, Brother Nate shared with us the principle in the Old Testament of a leveret marriage. When the wife loses the husband, the wife becomes a widow. It is part of their culture that somebody from the family would marry that widow so that she could be supported. The worst situation to be as a woman would be to be a widow. Because who's going to take care of you? Nobody else is going to take care of you. Your husband is gone. But because... Jesus loved Mary at the cross when he's about to die he thought of his mother mom from now on you are going to be the, son, the mother of John John from now on you're going to be the son of Mary and what happened the disciple took her into his own household at the very last Jesus was still thinking also of his mother. She was loved. And she loved Jesus. She didn't complain about what he was going to go through. She just felt compassion for him. Silently, weeping maybe. But at the end, towards his last breath, 
Jesus thought about Mary and how she would live after she was gone, after he was gone. You see, my friends, the Bible tells us, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those who has household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Discipleship begins at home. Many of us parents think that if I send my kid to Sunday school, if I send them to a Christian school, they're already part of a D group that they're being discipled. Parents, friends, please never assume. It's your responsibility to disciple your kids. And if you're not able to provide for your own household, the Bible is telling us what? You're worse than an unbeliever. Look at what First Timothy says in, in chapter 5. Honor widows who are widows indeed. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in, God, in the sight of God. For she who is a widow indeed and has also been left alone has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers day and night. The saddest state would be to, a wid to be a widow and an orphan. That's why if you really want to call yourself religious, this is what the Bible says to you. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Father is what? To visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Mary was going to be a widow, but Jesus saw to it that someone would take care of her. Mary was loved. Mary was loved. What does this have to do with us? Mary, Jesus, and all this. Let me share with you. 1 John chapter 5. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that He has testified concerning His Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in Himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. So this is a testimony about whom? About Jesus. And who is Jesus? The son of God. And how was Jesus brought into this world? Through Mary, a human being. Right? And God is giving us a testimony about who this son is. And what having this son in your life means to you. We receive the testimony of men. You go to court. You swear that you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? The Bible is telling us this testimony that God is giving about his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is greater than any human testimony. And what is this? That he who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. That the one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God is, has given concerning his son Jesus. And here it is. And the testimony is this. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have 
eternal life. God could have used God could have used another person, another woman, not Mary. But God in his wisdom chose Mary so that she could conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit and bring forth the Messiah into this world. And this is the testimony that God is giving about His Son. Do you have the Son? Do you have Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior? My friends, that is the question that you have to answer for yourself because look at what it says in verse 10. The one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in himself. You have to personally have this testimony, the truth that yes, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. Just like what Mary sang in her song, I rejoice in God, my Savior. Have you come to that point in your life that you can really say that when the time comes for me to leave this earth, I will spend the rest of eternity with God in heaven? And the warning is there. If you do not believe the testimony about what God has spoken about regarding His Son, you have made God out to be a liar. That what He's saying about salvation in His Son is not true. On the other hand, if you have that testimony, look at what it says. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. And why are these things written? These I have written, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know, that you may have the confidence, you may have the conviction, you may have the certainty. To know that you have eternal life. Not based on what you can do for God. But solely based on what God has already done for you. Have you come to that point, friends? Let's pray. God, again, we just want to thank you for our mothers. And thank you, Lord, for the example of Mary, who was concerned, who was humble, who was available, who was reflective, who was teachable, who was loved. God, we can all experience this kind of love if we have the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. May not be a perfect life, Lord God, but it is a guaranteed life for those of us who have your son Jesus. And Lord, if there is anyone here, right here, right now, who does not have the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ in his or her life, we'd like to take a moment to give these people the opportunity to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, if that is you, and you believe that you are a sinner, 
and you are separated from God, this might be the time for you to turn your life over to Jesus. If you would like to pray a prayer of faith, then just tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. I acknowledge that only Jesus died on the cross to completely pay for all of my sins. I repent of all my sins, Lord God. I turn from them and accept Jesus Christ. I invite him into my life as my Savior and Lord. And Jesus, I ask you, by the power of your Holy Spirit now living in me, to change me from the inside out, to make me the kind of Christian that you want me to be. God, now that I have this testimony in my heart, please help me to hate sin. Please help me to live a life that will reflect the glory of Jesus in my life. Thank you, Lord God, for saving me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And I ask you to use me to share this truth with the people around me. All these things I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone.